Hi guys, I'm Deputy Editor Britt Smith and welcome to One on One, a podcast where we feature open, dynamic conversations with your favorite menstrual personalities. We recently sat down with William Zabka. You know him as the actor who swept the Karate Kid's leg to great infamy in the 80s movie classic. Now he's the heart of the hit Netflix reboot series, Cobra Kai. Our editor, Steve Russell, spoke to Zabka about how he stays fit, if he gets challenged to bar brawls, and if those on-screen fight scenes ever ended a blow to the face. But first, you'll hear Russell ask Zabka about the choice to film in Atlanta over California, where the show is set. Full transparency, this audio was not initially recorded as a podcast, so we apologize for the less than perfect sound quality. Without further ado, here's William Zabka. We're doubling Atlanta for California, you know. We have a lot of, uh, all our sets are built on a soundstage, and then we go back to L.A. and do some of the exteriors. But, you know, every now and then you see a tree in the background that uh, definitely isn't yeah. the coast. You know, well, you all know, the leaves are off. But, yeah, we film it where you at. If they can do all the Marvel movies there, you can do you can do this, right? That's, that's exactly right, man. It's movie magic. So, you know, Karate Kid had moments of humor, but it wasn't didn't seem to be as integral as it seems to be on, on Cobra Kai. Was that a conscious goal of you guys from the beginning of concepting the series, was to sort of have this, you know, um, kind of heightened humor element? Yeah, we sold it as, uh, we pitched it. We went around on our pitching, and it was as a comedy, but more of a dramedy, but definitely... You know, because we're, we're, we're hinting back to the 80s, uh, and, uh, and the writers came from the comedy world, Hot Tub Time Machine, Harold and Kumar. Um, there had to be an element of humor without losing its heart and its, its, you know, its foundational roots in the tone of the Karate Kid. So they wanted to make it more relevant for today, what we're used to in humor today. Um, they pitched it to me. Uh, they said the show could stand on its own if there was no Karate Kid, and we could call it Bad Sensei in, in the same way that they would, like, Bad Santa, you know. Oh, yeah, Bad Teacher, um, Bad Santa, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, that was, because like, my first question to them was, you know, when they were when they were describing the show, I, my first question out of the gate was, what's the tone? You know, we have a family film that's a classic. I mean, what do we do? And so, you know, we'll, we'll stretch the boundaries on it, but it, it's going to be funny, but it's going to have a lot of heart, it's going to have a lot of action. Um, and a lot of nostalgia all mixed in. And I said, okay, it's a tall order. Let's, let's go for it, you know? So, yeah, but it was intended, I think, to, you know, to, to appeal to today, to be relevant for today, the kind of humor we've come so far in these decades. Um, you know, we couldn't make it totally, uh, you know, like Karate Kid tone. Movies. I don't even know if you can make the Karate Kid today as it is, you know. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've, I, you know, I've, I've heard people say that. I think I think it's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, we wanted to go, you know, there, there's a lot of, you have to have fun with it. You know, the whole point of this is to be entertaining. You can't take it too seriously. You couldn't be too dramatic. So it has a, it's very well-rounded, I think. I think it's got a little bit of everything. It's a real nice uh, a real nice mixture of everything. It's serving the past, and it's and it's uh, launching into the future with expanding the Karate Kid universe. All these new great characters, new storylines. Um, it's a, it's a, I don't know, was it a, re, it's an update. It's a, it's a new finish on a new on an old car. I mean, you must have been really excited to be doing, you know, a movie with the guy who made Rocky. Um, but did, yeah. you have, did you have, you know, any idea how iconic your your character um, would would become? <laughs> You can never, you can, you can't even think past. I couldn't think past. I was turning eighteen. You know, I mean, the idea of being twenty-one was a long time away. Uh-huh. You can think this far in the future, no way. But yeah, working with John Appleton, I knew I was I was involved in something special. But for me, it was special anyway. It was my first film, it was right? My first movie, right out of the gate. I was in film school at Cal State Northridge and went on an audition and. 
and we met John Appleton, the director of Rocky, who immediately put me at ease on my audition. He was such a gentle man and such a creative, generous guy. And, uh, you know, just, just getting the role alone, if nobody ever saw the movie, it was one of the best experiences of my entire uh -huh. life. Um, the fact that it has legs the way it has and has become over time um, iconic, it, uh, I wouldn't even have known what that word meant at the time. So, yeah, you could never have seen it to the future. Um, it's never left. Karate Kid has never left. It's just grown with, you know, time, VHS, DVD, you know, cable television, now the Internet. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's been through a few formats, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite lightning in a bottle um, to be a part of something like that and to recapture that again in a new and fresh way today is, uh, you know, I'm pitching, my, I'm pitching myself, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. Just how, how, how thankful and uh, thankful I am for it. Okay. All right. So now let's go to the, you know, what might have sometimes not seemed like the total blessing, though. What What's the over-under on how many times you think you've had Sweep the Leg quoted at you? <laughs> the over-under. Well, it's my alarm clock when I wake up. You know, <laughs> if that little, the alarm goes off, Sweep the Leg. Really? Really? No mercy. Yeah, no, it's not true. Um, hey, Sweep the Leg, no mercy, get him a body bag, uh -huh. all those fun fun takeaways from the film uh, followed me for uh, the last three decades and uh, it's a lot of fun the t-shirts the socks uh, you know so uh, the over-under I'd say it's, it's pretty good <laughs> regardless regardless it's good huh <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of fun you know the fact uh, that it's caught on and become a part of our uh, you know our, our culture yeah. and, and then you could say that and have an immediate callback to that to that film and the feel goodness of the film and right. and that that ending that climactic ending where everybody jumped up at you know on the feet and cheered at my expense uh, saved my mom who was in the stands when we filmed it and dad and you know still rooting for me <laughs> um, yeah all those all those callbacks are a lot of fun it's, you know the movie isn't ours anymore it's really the world right fans and right. that's what you know we're really having with this show right now a real you know, uh, it's a two-way street. It's really kind of a party, um, a celebration and, um, and a relationship. It's a lot of fun. Um, I got to, I got to assume, you know, that you, you, you know, had some people wanting to, to take you on. Um, you know, what's, what's worse having a, having a grown up want to pick a fight or a kid run away because you're that bully who beat up the karate kid. I really haven't had either. I've had a lot really? of dads introduce me in the past. Yeah, you know, I think I think back in the day when the Karate Kid came out, you know, there may I was in martial arts. I trained after that film for a number of years, and when I would get into class and we get into our headgear and get into some sparring, I think the guys that were, you know, the black, the real black belts, because I was training, you know, they would did want to show off a little bit and mm -hmm. got a good shot, a good shot on Johnny. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, this kind of w really worked in my favor and it was in the screenplay and it was my favorite part of, of, it was how I could really play Johnny Lawrence was the reading the very ending when he yeah. want to sweep the leg and he hands him the trophy. So, you know, at the very end, he has that moment of redemption. Mm -hmm. He shows good sportsmanship, hands him a trophy and you see under the hood a little bit that he's, right. He's not all bad, so I think if I, you know, came at him with a baseball bat at the end of this thing and mm -hmm. was, relent was relentless, I'd have a lot more of that. Yeah, um, my people running from me or, or wanting to challenge me. I think they understood the character and uh, and understood it for the position and part it played in the story. 
So that 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 redemption moment may have saved you from a few confrontations then. Indeed, and I believe it. You know, was kind of a seed for what we're experiencing today. Without that moment in the film and that vulnerability, um, you know that that was the that was our our doorway into Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it might have might have worked on my daughter. She's pretty tough, and uh, she you know she noticed that moment when we watched the, when we watched the movie, and she was like, "Oh, he handed him the trophy." And I was like, "Yeah, he did." Um, that's good. See, that's that's the thing I get to hang on to when uh, I show my kids because they're right. all prepared for. They know Johnny's the bad guy in the movie. Right, right. In Cobra Kai, he's more of an antihero. Right. Um, so you know, when we get to the ending, as they watch me beat up Daniel Larusso for right. you know hundred minutes or whatever, then you know, at the end they get to see that he was actually you know good sportsmanship and Creed is really the. Right, right. I can. I kind of want. This leads right into something I did want to ask you. That was that. Like the show has sort of acknowledged the the internet's funny theory that Danny was actually the bad guy and Johnny the good guy. Um, You know, when you're when you're when you're playing the character either then or now, did you have to sort of get in that same mindset that you know Johnny's not a Johnny's not a bad guy. Johnny has Johnny has his, his reasons. I mean, I know now we now now we're fully aware he's not that bad. He's not a bad guy. Um, yeah, but, all, all, all that who is the real hero and right. uh, you know who's really I produced all those videos. <laughs> 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 and my my plan worked. <laughs> you know, I had you know, as an actor, you have to approach a character whether he's good, bad, or ugly, and. and in anything, and you have to find, you know, his truth and his point of view. So, from yeah, from my point of view, playing Johnny Lawrence, uh, jo- Johnny Lawrence was he was uh, he didn't initiate any of the fights. Okay, he kicked the guy down the hill on a bike. That was right. nice. He overdid it at the skeleton fight, but he really didn't instigate anything. Right. He mostly reacted. And as far as Johnny's point of view was, he was this kid that came in from out of town, stole his girl, and wouldn't leave well enough alone, and. Uh, and then uh, beat his ass in the tournament. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Johnny's, Johnny's, Johnny's. Uh, my point of view as the actor was: you have to look at it through your lens, and a good villain will do that. You know, it's the difference between a two-dimensional bad guy and somebody that you can like. The difference between having a character that you hate or a character right. that you love to hate. You know, right. understand a little bit. So yeah, I, I, um, I've always felt, you know, as the character, my point of view. That uh, he was, you know, he wasn't necessarily he was he was operating with the tools that were given to him by his mm-hmm. life and his mm-hmm. sensei, and um, and this, you know. But at the end of the day, Johnny and, and Daniel needed each other. They, right. You know, if it wasn't for that incident, he wouldn't have met Miyagi. Johnny would yeah. have like kick out of the tournament and wake up at the end in the opening of Karate Kid Two. He sees creases and all that good, and in a sense, Miyagi saves. Saves Johnny as well. That's true. That's so, true. You know, that's how I always looked at it. Um, so you know, like I said, I'm of I'm of a, um, a, a certain age that I I love all the you know I, I love all the nostalgia stuff the the 80s references. You know, Johnny's a bit of a throwback in the new series. Some of his you know stuff that he likes. Uh, um, you know, listening to Twisted Sister and stuff like that. What do you have? Do you have any of your own uh, 80s guilty pleasures? I, I'm all 80s guilty pleasures. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, all that is real. You know, uh, Van Halen, I, I got the opportunity to meet Eddie my backstage uh, in 2000 and uh, like five years ago or so. And he was at Hollywood Bowl and I uh, got to meet him back. Oh, wow. And he handed me his guitar and I got to show him my version of Ain't Talking About Love. Wow. He, he corrected me. I have a great video of that moment. It was right before he went out. It was a David Lee Roth. 
which my it was incredible. It was um, then he went out on stage in Hollywood Bowl and came out, you know, playing Eruption. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of '80s music. All those songs, you know, uh, that whole generation of time, you know, um, Def Leppard, and yeah. Zebra, White Snake, all, you know. So you're so you're a headbanger. You're a headbanger. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, that, you know, that's all my roots. That's where all that music popped me through. You know, through high school yeah. and, and through my wrestling days in high school, and um, and and really even through the Karate Kid in the early '80s. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of music today as well. And um, but I, you know, anytime those songs come on, Aerosmith, a good Aerosmith. Like my son was in the backseat driving one day. He was like five years old, six years old. And he's like, I want to hear some rock and roll. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, start, we started clicking through the stations, and Dream On came on from Aerosmith, and he goes, now that's rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm the blood, buddy. That's right, that's right, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think there's something really special about all the music and the, and the art from the 80s. was just something that uh, you turn it on today, and it still, it still works. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, like me, you probably wish I, MTV still played videos. Oh yeah, indeed, indeed. I don't know if you saw the, um, I, the MTV uh, uh, awarded me the the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Pop, pop trophy. Yeah, and I did a little bit about you know they're not playing music videos uh-huh. anymore, and you know ended it with ZZ Top legs, like right. You know that was the last yeah last thing Johnny remembers. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So where does the where does the Coors thing come from? Coors banquet. Wow. Well, that's. That's the the writer's imagination of what beer Johnny would drink uh-huh. today, and you know it's it's a, it's a really great bit in the show, and yeah. uh, we're going to learn. It's interesting. We're going to learn a little bit more about why he drinks Coors Banquet in the upcoming season. Oh yeah, great. What that's all about? Yeah, um, why he cleaves to that so hard? But uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, I love the get the chance to flip the bottle caps, which is something uh-huh. in there, you know, and. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this this is you know they're, I think they they opened up a few more uh, breweries since the show came out. <laughs> they probably had to make more, start putting more in that that iconic bottle too, though you know instead of just cans and stuff, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, well, you know, this is totally a, a side, but um, I guess I didn't realize you guys, you know, with with season three having just you know dropped on Netflix not long ago at all, um, that you guys would already be doing four. Did you basically just go straight in? Uh, well, yeah. Well, I don't know officially what we're allowed to announce. Um, Kim's on the phone; she might know that better. Uh, but yeah, we are. We we started in four. Um, Fantastic. And uh, the train's marching on. We we started up uh, a few weeks ago. Fantastic. And then, now yeah. this will be, so this will be the first, am I right? This will be the first season actually produced for Netflix. Cause even season three was kind of already done, right? Before you got picked up by Netflix. Yes, that's right. We finished season three under YouTube, which was a great partnership. Mm. And Suzanne Daniels, who headed all that up. I mean, really, she's the, she's a godmother of Cobra Kai. I mm. love her so much. She was the one when we went and pitched it all around town. We stopped at Netflix, HBO, all the different places. We went to YouTube, and before we got through the pitch, she said, I want it. I want all episodes, and she fought so hard for it. And if it wasn't for YouTube and Suzanne Daniels, we wouldn't be here today. And they they produced so well for us and and did such a great job. And then at the end, YouTube decided they weren't in the – didn't want to be in the scripted space anymore. And sadly, and it was a heartbreak for them to have to let it go, I know, for her. And they they were so good to us because season three was in the can, and instead of just releasing it, 
they allowed Sony to shop the show around, um, and then uh, Netflix uh, jumped on it, and they bought the rights, and then they released season three exclusively. So season one and two is still on YouTube, but uh, season three is exclusive to Netflix, and then Netflix is now producing their first their first season now. You mentioned this, that you did train the martial arts some, I believe. I may not pronounce this right, but I, I read it was Tang Sudo. Is that right? Tang Soo Do. Is that still, is that a branch of karate or a completely different martial art? What are its defining characteristics? Tang Soo Do is a Korean style. It's very close to Taekwondo. And it's a very, it's hands and feet. It's a kind of a more aggressive style. When Pat Johnson, who trained Ralph and Pat and the Cobra Kai, he trained Okinawa style geisha uh, like a show and rue i believe it's called for for the soft defensive japanese mm-hmm. style and then for the cobra kai's it's, it's tong sudo which pat johnson is a ninth degree black belt and chuck norris's system uh he was chuck norris's teammate in the u.s karate team and uh he he uh, he trained us in that style and and then he trained it was great was training for karate kid was how before before Crease was even cast, and he wasn't cast until almost we went to production and we rehearsed for a month before. Pat Johnson, who trained me, would get into the mindset of Crease. Okay. Would, I'm training you now as Pat, and then other times he would train me as Crease. So if I turned my back on him, he would sweep you to the floor uh-huh. and give me a little more military hardcore training. It was almost like a karate boot camp in character, and and truly. Pat Johnson built Johnny Lawrence from the ground up. Okay. There's no way, because I came in completely empty. I was a wrestler in high school. I knew nothing about martial arts. And it's been a month after a few few trainings before to see if I could do it. Um, then he got his hands on me and um, and literally uh, you know, broke me and built me up into Johnny Lawrence. All my posturing and my, my, all the swag, the confidence, the uh-huh. attitude, the mindset. It's more than just the physicality of the techniques it's also the he's he built in me the character johnny lawrence but it's tom sudo is the roots of that and cobra kai we, we go outside that a little bit and johnny's picked up some other you know other other things along the way a little bit of mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu a little bit of different things in, in cobra kai the karate kid was very traditional tom sudo. Okay. all right perfect that's what i need to know um, I th- the show is also referenced when you were on, this, on the season three when you were uh, when uh, Elizabeth Shue was getting back back into things. Trying to reference some photos um, from from back when you were like super rip, ripped, like like the Hulk ripped. You you must have been like a total gym rat at like certain point at least. Oh man, the fact that those pictures exist is, is unbelievable. Well, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. You put them in the show though. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so fun to put them on the show. Yeah, I remember those photo shoots like it was yesterday. It was just right out of the gate. I was doing all those movies in the 80s. And, you know, and then all the magazines come at you. And uh-huh. you do a beach, and then you, they throw a whale on your back and take these shots against a rock. Right, right, right. <laughs> You know, it's a moment in time for you, but then these things live forever. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun to pull those out. Uh, and it gave me something, you know, a mo- you know, a model to go after and trying to get myself back in this shape, you know, competing yeah, with my right, own. right. How do you stay in such good shape now? Well, it's really um, – thank you. Uh, I really do – uh, a hard, um, just a real high protein diet and a lot of vegetables. You know, it's mostly diet and protein shakes, good protein, um, carbs, a lot of cardio. Um, just work out, swim a lot, 
Uh, mostly, you know, I, I would like to say I keep it going all year round, but I really get in a fighting shape, you know, about a month or two after uh-huh. the show when I drop some weight because the camera puts it on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you know, plus I'm standing next to Ralph Macho, who's about 55. Yeah. So I, <laughs> you know, my, 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 my comfortable weight is, you know, a little bit more than what I do on the right. show, but I, I drop some pounds for the show and, and, uh, you know, train a lot, you know, right now I'm training every day, uh, martial arts and, um, and, and weights on and off, um, cross training, mm-hmm. so you, you know, go from legs to arms, try to things like that. But I would say mostly, it's, it's mostly diet and, um, good sleep. Uh, a lot of water. Oh, yeah. A lot of water. I think we're learning a lot about the sleep thing. Oh, man, it's so crucial. That's really what this this show is such a um, – it's, it's like vaudeville. We're, we're shooting so much in a day, and we're going in and out of beards and different coffees, uh-huh. different episodes. You have to be up to speed. We don't shoot it linear, linearly all the time. A lot of times we're picking up something from episode two or we're shooting episode five. And right. Back to back with, so you have to really know where you are on the map. And you have to be ready. I've been working nonstop for three weeks. And from, you know, 5 o'clock, I get up, and I'm home by 8.39 and in mm-hmm. bed. And um, if you don't get the right sleep, it really affects you. So yeah. it's so much about doing what I'm doing is, 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 is conserving your energy and, and resting and using, you know, knowing when to pop. So you so your best hours are when they say action and cut. Right. You know, a lot of times you just have to, you know, tune out sometimes and, and recharge in the trailer. I do a lot of that. I got my music blasted in the trailer. Lots of my '80s rock. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's all about conserving your energy and knowing how to use your energy, which is like in life. And, right. um, whether it's this or any job, really, it's like uh, being an athlete. You know, to do this on this kind of schedule and this kind of pressure at this level, you have to be. You have to be in shape as best as you can be, or uh, or you're going to fall apart. It's just it's too it's too demanding. Well, obviously, you know, Johnny doesn't take it quite that seriously. Do you ever get mad that, that your character gets to eat all that junk food, drink all that beer, and still still stay in shape? I love it. You know what I say? I'm like, I, I laugh so hard because the amount of junk, especially now, I mean, the amount of junk this guy puts in his body, the chips, the meat, the beer, the Coke, whatever it is, it's amazing that this guy doesn't have a tire around his <laughs> I, I have a little one, right? But, like, it's like he, I, the way I justify it is that Johnny just has some super – Superhero metabolism, uh-huh. you know. Like, so it just doesn't make any sense. If he, anybody eats like that, they're not gonna, they're not gonna look anything like that. You know. Uh-huh. Now, despite um, the precautions, I'm sure you guys take. Do, do you and uh, have you have you and Ralph ever, you know, drawn little little blood in your kind of ongoing almost fighting scenes? Um, we haven't gone full bore yet. It seems like you always call it off in the middle, but it's still just pl- pl- plenty of plenty of uh, kicks and and fists thrown. So have you ever made a little contact? Yeah, you know, when we did uh, Karate Kid, we had three months to rehearse. We had a month that we trained every day. It was the movies, a different pace. On this show, we're going so fast and so hard that we don't have the time to, to practice perfectly to get our calibration down. So we have a lot of clashes where I'll throw a punch, especially in the apartment when I kick him into the TV. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll post these someday, but, you know, at the end of those fights, we, we compare bruises on our arms uh-huh. and our legs, you know, fortunately nobody's got hit in the face or any real injuries, but it's very physical. It's very physical, and we like to do as much of the stunts, 99% if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then there'll be something where, you know, they won't let us do it, and we have our stunt team to, to do it as well, just for uh, for a backup because of the timing. 
But yeah, we uh, we're, 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 we're definitely taking the Epsom salt bath at night. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of One on One. Don't forget to subscribe and check back in for more exclusive interviews. Thank you.